Welcome back to the 6Ps podcast and episode B, where today we are going to be looking at structure in your language analysis essay. And we're getting straight into it and starting with introductions. Now, in terms of your introduction, there are a plethora of acronyms you can use to outline the pieces of information that you need to include in your introduction. Firstly, the aim of your introduction is quite simply to introduce all the texts. Now, I go with IDACT fast, but there are others too. CATAP and COSTCATS are others that I have seen used. With IDACT fast, this refers to the issue, date, author, contention, title, form, audience, source, and tone. Aspects like the date, author, title and the source or publication are really easy to spot. You don't need to analyse anything. Simply, you need to locate that information. Therefore, don't waste too much time looking for a date or a title if you can't find it because they might not necessarily be there. Now, the issue, form, audience and contention may be located in the background information. Please do not ignore this paragraph. It is a goldmine and it might lead you to some conclusions. Here is an example of a background information passage. On the 1st of January 1974, the government removed university fees so that tertiary education would be more accessible to working and middle-class Australians. In 1989, university fees were reintroduced to be paid by, or paid for by, the Higher Education Contribution Scheme, or HECS. This is a system that is currently in place for Australian university students. It is now usually referred to as the HECS Help System. In 2014, the federal government suggested deregulating university fees, that is, allowing universities to set their own fees. This resulted in a new public debate about the cost of higher education. The following article by Arjuna Bamra was published in October 2016 in Campus Chorus, a magazine run by and for Australian students. Bamra is a current undergraduate student. He is completing a Bachelor of Commerce at the Australian University. There are two images accompanying the article. Here we are provided with some context of the issue and the events leading up to it. We are also provided with a clue as to the author, the date, the source, the form and the audience. So please ensure the first thing you read is the background information. Read it once, if not twice, before you start reading the articles. When it comes to the writing, I suggest students open with a sentence outlining the issue and providing some context. Often this is an event which sparked the issue or catalyzed the issue. Forgive me for indulging in some chemistry vocab there. Once you have done this, you can introduce each text in order and connect them if they are in response to one another in the same publication or written to the same audience. If they similarly agree or support each other, or if they contradict each other. The best piece of advice I can give to you is to ensure you aren't repeating vocabulary. For example, you'd want to limit the amount of times you write the word contends. Instead, you might use a verb like argues or asserts or even advocates 
as a way to make your writing more engaging when introducing the contentions of each article. For example, looking at the article we looked at last week, rather than saying, Mikey Kale contends that pill testing should be introduced at music festivals, you could write, Mikey Kale advocates for pill testing to be introduced at music festivals. The same goes for the word tone. A word like manner or style could be used as a synonym, or you may even turn your tone word into an adverb. An adverb is a descriptive word for a verb, which is often a word ending in ly, and place it before your contention verb. For example, rather than saying Mikey Kale contends that pill testing should be introduced at music festivals implying a critical tone, you might write Mikey Kale critically advocates for pill testing to be introduced at music festivals. Another tip is to finish introducing a text by outlining the overall purpose of the article. Have a think about who the author is, their contention, and why they might be writing this article. For example, Mick Palmer's opinion piece, which we looked at the other week, is from the perspective of a police officer who has experienced firsthand the consequences of dangerous drug use, particularly for parents. Now, he uses his role in society to convince parents that pill testing doesn't promote drug use. And in fact, he even suggests that he's anti-drugs, but that he believes in pill testing. Therefore, you might end introducing this text with a comment such as, using his position as a former police chief commissioner, Mick Palmer aims to subdue parents' parent fears that pill testing will lead to more widespread drug use throughout society. That's the introduction. After the break, we'll get into the, into the main body. Now, being episode B of a brand new podcast, we thought we'd go with a Brando music theme today. It's Jordan Brando, and we'll be back after this. Drop it to the floor, make you drop it to the floor, make you drop it to the floor, make you drop it to the floor. 
Moving on to the main body now, and once again, there are a range of acronyms you can use to help remember the basic structure. Remember to use this structure as a safety net to ensure that you're covering all your bases in terms of the criteria. Now, you could go with TEE approach, where you open with the topic sentence, provide evidence, and then explain how it positions readers, and then provide more evidence and explanation if needed. Now, while a link isn't as important in a language analysis essay than, say, a text response essay, where you're responding to a specific question, it's not a bad idea to think about linking back to the argument or the purpose of the text if it fits in well with the explanation. And I stress that because fluency is a really important part of your writing. The most important part of the main body paragraph, though, is going to be the topic sentence. As I previously mentioned, the word argument appears in the first two criteria for this SAC, and the topic sentence is the best place to outline the arguments in a text. For those of you who are struggling to find arguments in texts, I highly recommend that you go back to episode A and listen to the tips on finding arguments. In terms of topic sentences, there are three tips that I have. The first one is to use verbs to signpost your arguments. Now, if the arguments are really clear in the article, verbs like argues, asserts, and advocates work really, really well. For more vague arguments, verbs like outlines and highlights are good ones to use. Now, more complex verbs that you could use might be challenges, attacks, praises, condemns or engages if there is a specific argument being used. So tip number one for your topic sentence is to use verbs. My second tip would be to describe the type of argument it is. Think about its position within in the text and verbs like opens, continues, furthers and closes shows that. Think about the kind of arguments it is kind of arguments they are as well. Adverbs like strongly, clearly, logically and emotively work really well in describing the type of argument being used. Think also about how they connect to one another or whether there is a shift between the arguments in the text. For example, in the Herald Sun editorial on pill testing, there is a clear shift in the middle where the editor moves from discussing in detail the contents of dangerous drugs to outlining previous teenagers who had died from drug overdoses. Therefore, you may use a connective in your topic sentence to connect the two together. And the connectives I would use uh, is the word after as well as the word shifts. For example, after providing parents with concrete evidence as to the contents of contaminated pills, the Herald Sun shifts to a more emotive tone in outlining previous teenage fatalities of dangerous drug pills sorry, throughout Australia. My last tip for a topic sentence would be to think about using an expanding sentence as a way to further analyse the argument and as a way, I guess, to link your argument to your evidence. If done effectively, it's just another signpost to the marker that you really are thinking about the argument. Following your topic sentence, it's really up to you how you want to go about it. 
think about persuasive devices and quotes and how they position the reader. The question I always tell students to remember as they are analysing is to think about how the author wants the reader to feel, to think, or to act. Create a verb list for these ideas. For example, my go-to verbs for emotive language are evoke and elicit. But verbs such as encourages and compel also work really well. Another thing to remember is that we don't actually know how the reader is going to respond. So phrases like in an attempt to or with the aim to work really well. Don't feel like you have to label devices either. Often the best response will simply quote evidence and then explain its purpose without, I guess, labeling every single device. Once again, it just can impact your fluency, especially if you end up using a word like anecdote or inclusive language or rhetorical question over and over again. Another tip is to avoid generic analysis. For example, stating this rhetorical question has an obvious answer and therefore positions readers to agree with the author is a statement that suggests you know how a rhetorical question works, but not how that specific rhetorical question works. A better sentence could be, by questioning the actions of the government, Kale encourages parents to view music festival organisers as responsible and more caring of the well-being of young adults. Another tip, avoid generic phrases like readers. Pinpoint the audience. Who are they? Is it parents? Students? Environmentally conscious Australians? It could really be anyone. Sometimes the audience does change as well, particularly towards the end of some of these articles. We've seen a real call to action towards, I guess, Daniel Andrews, the Premier of Victoria, as well as government officials. So be aware of that. The last thing, I guess, to think about is the comparison. And it's really up to you how and when you want to compare the text. I mentioned connective phrases in episode A, but remember to compare the arguments. If you wish, you can also analyse the similarities and differences with audience, language and even tone. The word comparison, just like the word argument, appears in two of the four criteria. So have it in the forefront of your mind during the reading time and think about the ways they link to each other. When it comes to structure, you might focus on the main text and then any argument that connects to the other texts you can discuss afterwards or you can work through the texts in order and track back with your comparison and analysis of the other text.
That's a wrap for episode B of the Six Ps podcast. Reminding you that proper prior preparation prevents poor performance.